Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Where do we draw the line with sex education in schools, whether it's in primary or at secondary level? Linda is with me. Linda got in touch. Linda um, is a teacher. Linda, why did you contact the programme? Yeah, I'm a co-founder of the Irish Education Alliance and I'm a primary school teacher. And I was alert to um, some sexually explicit books that are in the 12 to 15 uh, section in libraries. So I went and checked them out myself and um, found these books. And I brought them to the attention of the librarian. um, And I also brought them to the Garda station. I've reported these books to three Garda stations and they've taken pulse numbers for them. Um, Now, these books are extremely sexually explicit and uh, for any uh, anyone to read, let alone a uh, uh, child uh, in in the library for like twelve to fifteen year olds, uh, could be extremely traumatizing and um, uh, just there's no words to, to describe um, these books. I mean, I, I couldn't even quote from them. Um, uh, I'd also like to say that one particular book called "This Book Is Gay." Is a, is a teacher's resource on the junior on the junior cycle curriculum. Now it's not a resource for the students, but it is for teachers. But I could, cannot understand how this book could be a resource because, again, um, of its content. Um, it uh, I, and again, I, I cannot quote from it because it's so sexually explicit. Um, so we are calling out to uh, parents and teachers. Um, we wanted to be aware of, of what's happening in libraries and schools okay. and um, to push back against this. So, um, l- l- to, Linda, l- let, me, yeah, l- yeah. let me just ask you for a second. So, w- when you say it's, it's um, recommended reading, recommended reading for the, for the teachers or for parents to, you know, to get for their kids or is it that mm-hmm. it's in libraries? It's all of it. It's all of it. Um, there are books that um, Healthy Ireland put together for parents called um, Big Talks and Little Talks. I can't remember the exact name, but it's something like that. And um, there's, a, there's a particular booklet for 13 to 18-year-olds. And this book, this book is gay. It's called by Juno Dawson, um, is on the reading list for um, the parents to recommend to the children, possibly. Now, and the same on the, um, the Junior Cycle NCCA curriculum, it's, on the, it's as a resource for teachers. Now, that's what the NCC are saying, and that's how they're saying it's not for students. But why is it even a resource for teachers? I mean, can they guarantee that no teacher is going to use that book or read from that book to the students? Okay. And when you say for the junior cycle, do you mean, sorry, at the, the, year, the first, second, third year of secondary school, or do you mean in, in, yeah. in primary? It's a for yeah, secondary yeah. school book. Okay, l- yeah, l- let yeah. me let me just in a new curriculum that's starting in, in September. Okay, well let me just give listeners, if you don't mind, Linda. Um, I I know you 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 um aren't going to read from it, but I I have some some um excerpts from the book here. So this is this book is gay, and I just want to just want to I suppose provide context for listeners. Like th- this is this is effectively this is what you're talking about. So just bear with me for a moment here while I while I read um uh, read some of this. Still unlike vaginal sex, a little more thought has gone into anal sex and here's why. Pre-care. As pleasant as bumming can be, we must hold in mind that the primary function of the back, back passage is to do poos. Poos is not sexy. Therefore, those of you planning to have anal sex will need to dedicate a portion of time to ensuring that poo doesn't creep into sexy, fern, in, in, into sexy fun time. 
The best healthiest method is to make sure that you've been to the loo before attempting bum sex and have had a jolly good clean afterwards. Poo is not held in the rectum, so therefore it shouldn't be an issue. That's one paragraph from the book. This is what you're talking about, Linda. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's it's just, I mean, it's shocking beyond words. I mean, I have two teenagers and um, I, I've rented these books out from the libraries and brought, brought them to the guards. And I'm hiding these books from them. I would be horrified. Now, they're not young teens. You know, they're older teens. I would be horrified if they saw these books. They were brought in by, by um, some NGOs, by the HSE. Um, they okayed them. There was an, an, an article in The Independent saying that they're not going to remove these books from the libraries. I mean, this is such a long story. Like, um, uh, it's to do with Children's Books Ireland. They had the Rainbow Reads list up um, initially, and they took it down, but they just called it, they renamed it, and they called it the Pride Reading List. And they took down this book as gay, but they they left all the others. And there's other books that are just as bad as this one. You know, and they're, they're not all um, to do with, you know, LGBT. There are some books as well that are heterosexual well. I have well, another know? book here. It's, it's called Sex Ed, An Inclusive Teenage Guide to, Se- Guide to Sex and Relationships. I think this is for uh, 14 plus, isn't it, in terms of the age group of this book? They talk well, about... No, this is 12, isn't it? Over to the, 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 it's in the 12 to 18 section. And that's where the problem is, is that these books are for, they call them young adults. Young adults are not children. Children are not young adults. Young adults are 18 plus. But these books are in the young adults. They call it young adults. It depends on the libraries as well at all. The other side of it is like 12-year-olds and 14-year-olds, probably most of them will have a phone. They have internet access. They can, they'll Google this anyway. Most parents, I would hope, would have some controls on the phones and that, that kind of material would not come up. Yeah. Now, we, we expect that in libraries and in schools that children are safe. And libraries have to follow safeguarding, their safeguarding policy. I feel this is, these books are unsafe for children. What happens on... I mean, that's a whole different issue as to what happens with children's phones. This is like we're talking about libraries. Now, the libraries are saying that the children are supposed to be... or teenagers are supposed to be accompanied by their parents. They're putting the owners back in the parents. Now... They're saying older 16-year-olds, right? But you've still got the, the 16 and 17-year-olds are still children. Under the Children's First Act 2015, um, it says that showing sexually explicit material to children is sexual abuse. Ultimately, they're, they're talking about sex. And they're explaining what happens during sex. And I wonder, is there a place for, you know, could, could you argue, there, you know, there's, there's a place, is there not for young people to be educated around this, that I mean, that they're in a position to say no. This is not education. This is not education. It's not an education that a girl needs. This is something that, you know, an, an older teenager, uh, you know, adults, uh, you know, 18 plus, might go to the library and look for this information, not for a 12-year-old to randomly be searching in a library for, you know, a, 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 a book and to come across this, flick through it and to find that information. And to read that information, because it's like there's no control over it. I don't know if these books are in schools or how many schools. They're definitely in libraries. Some libraries are in the adult section, some in the teenager section. Um, on their own bookshelves for, for teenagers. 
Okay, Linda, we'll we'll leave it there for the moment um, because I want to get the reaction um, of other people, parents, teachers actually. If some of the books we're talking about today are in your school library, if they're on the recommended reading list um, for, for, for you as teachers in the school, do let me know your thoughts. If you agree with Linda, if you disagree, 1800 453 106 is the number. Amy is with us. Amy, you're a psychotherapist. Um... Is there age appropriateness? Should there be age appropriateness around what's being taught in school in terms of sex education? Um, well, I've been invited uh, on this show to talk about pretty much this this topic quite a few times now, and the same the same kind of theme keeps on putting, keeps on coming up, and I rather than. I suppose looking at, okay, should there be, you know, age appropriate or whatever, um, there's just, there's there's definitely an issue there with, let's say, parents kind of coming to terms with their young teenagers uh, developing their own sexuality, developing their own sexual interests. And I I think that can be really challenging for parents. Um, Now, I just want to preface what I'm about to say next by saying now, I, I, my opinion is based on basically over 13 years of working in adolescent psychotherapy. And I know that part of a young person's life, an adolescent in Ireland, sex and sexually explicit content is very much part of their world and their lives. Now, there's probably going to be parents listening to this being outraged that mm. I would never let my child access. You cannot, you cannot control your child's access to that material and to that knowledge. If the child's first, first encounter with sexually, you know, explicit or just, just sexual material is through literature, I think that's a very rare occurrence. It's going to be their first encounter is more than likely going to be through the internet. Or, and if not their own devices, their friends' devices. Or a friend accessing it and then telling them about it. So I don't think you can say when is it age appropriate because really you cannot control that. You cannot mm. control when they're going to access this material when it's first going to come into their awareness. They are going to be very, very curious about it. I think what any parent really would aim for is that their child can come to them and ask them questions and ask anything that they need to ask and that they get that information from a reliable source. But as regards age appropriateness, sure, it's impossible it's actually impossible to okay. say. When I, I, should just, I should just say as well, actually, um, uh, Amy, I have a statement in from Children's Book Ireland. Just in, in with regards to the, um, the the paragraph that I read from the book, this book is gay there a few moments ago. Um, the Children's Book Ireland say that after careful, careful consideration, I know Linda mentioned this, uh, they decided to remove um, that particular book. Uh, much of the contents remain valuable um, for LGBTQ plus teenagers but some aspects don't reflect the more inclusive current language although it was initially recommended for readers so that book I read from was aged 15 and older we found the language Mm -hmm. and tone is better suited to older teenagers um, of over the 18 
remit. Now they also go on to talk about reviewing the Pride Reading um, ga- the Pride Reading Guide as well actually. But there's other books that have been sent in too to me. There's The Sex Education A Guide to Life. There's the other one I mentioned, Sex Ed An Inclusive Teenage Guide to, to Sex and Relationships. So, like, What we're trying to get clarity on is how accessible the books are in libraries. Like I know a lot of texts are coming in and emails from people who've mentioned that they're on the teacher's recommended reading list but I, I, like I, I wonder how many you know teachers are they in libraries and schools and, and what's um, you know I suppose should they be how do parents feel about it but your point is you think there there is a place to talk about this within the, within the school the school system okay Sarah's I on the and I just I just have to ask one question I suppose that I would put to any parent it's like if your child has this information and they've accessed it from the book. What is your fear? What is the worst case scenario that could happen as a result of that? Because, you know, there, there's a lot of people saying, oh, it's inappropriate, but but, but why is it inappropriate? What, what is going to happen with your child knowing? Okay. Well, let's ask let's ask Sarah that very question, because, Sarah, um, you've got in touch. You're a parent. What are your concerns? Yes, yeah, so I first became aware of this um, set of books before Christmas and I saw this reading guide that Children's Books Ireland had um, put out there and it was sponsored by Unpost and it was promoted by the NCCA on their website. So I contacted Children's Books Ireland because I'd seen some of the content um, and like it, it's very inappropriate content. For starters, it's a very a childish um, language. So if I, if I was to read you out another little bit here. Do, yeah. Um, As with handies and breakfast eggs, all men like their blowies served different ways. The term blowjob is massively misleading. You won't actually be blowing his penis. It's more like sucking. Um, although I stress you're not trying to suck his kidneys out of his urethra. So, um, what and then book is that from? What book is that from? Um, this book is gay and it, it talks oh, about the same book. Okay. It talks about fisting. So, Look, I think there's a lot of what aboutery there coming from Amy. You know, oh, these books are OK because there's worse out there. That's classic what aboutery. These books were promoted by Children's Books Ireland on post who put massive money into them and had them up and down the country in every bookshop, up and down the country, this reading list, as well as the NCCA, as well as the libraries. There's 700 copies in the libraries, right? None of the people I spoke to in Children's Books Ireland, in the NCCA, in Onpost or in the libraries have read these books. And that is the key thing here. There's a chain of safeguarding that is being breached. In Once we hear the word inclusive, we just drop all safeguarding around the content. So what about is no good? We need to read these books for starters, and nobody has read them except the parents. And then we need to decide if this Content well, it must have been re- read, Sarah, by, by, it has to have been, because, I mean, I have the statement in from Children's Book Ireland and say... They, they only read it, you know, they, I got that statement. So I'm the one who had who had brought this to their attention, and I have several emails. They had not read the book. Okay. They had put them out to third parties, Penny and Belong to, and the libraries also have told me in the statement from the libraries, they put these books out because of the LGBTQ plus strategy from the Department of Children. All of these groups Penny and Belong to are allowed to select the books. The organisations do not read them. And I know this from lots of parents up and down the country who've gone into the libraries in Whitlow and Greystone up and down the country and they're saying, no, we haven't read them. 
So nobody's reading the book other than Penny and Philosophy. Okay, well, now they, they have. have okay, they have so so since that, and since yes. you've raised that, I, I in the statement now they say they will be reviewing uh, reviewing the uh, the reading guide um 2023 and will work to ensure that any non-fiction titles in particular um are helpful to and suitable for their audience, and they work to support uh, young people by providing clear and accurate information in an age um in an age appropriate way. So just to, to leave that to one side for the moment, Amy, I want to come back to you there because you've been you've been listening to Sarah and what's your response? Well, I think I mean Sarah has a point if the books haven't been read. They're not if the um books you know, you can't really comment on if you haven't if you don't know the contents of these books. But um I guess I I mean I will just come back to to my point of I, I know I know that it would be very, very rare that, uh, let's say, an, a client that I would meet in in therapy would say that their first encounter with, you know, learning about sex was through a book. Um, and I'm just coming from years of listening to this age group. And the knowledge that they have is is, is quite vast and it's, it's definitely far more, uh, you know, uh, profound that we would have had at their age. Okay, so Sarah, so they're they're reading I, about it anyway, Sarah. Yes, yeah, so they are. So, but we have responsibilities as adults. Now, the language in these books is targeted at eight, nine, ten-year-olds. I have three children, age eleven to sixteen. I openly talk about sex, safe sex, consent, the whole shebang with my kids. But there's inappropriate content in these books. They're encouraging children to hide things from their parents. You know, they talk about things that are not safe, like fisting. So I think the what about we we're here to talk about the book. So Amy can talk all about the internet and let's talk about that a different day. We're talking about government bodies um, pushing a strategy, which now all of these other organizations, these NGOs and this Children's Books Ireland, which is a charity, relinquishing all of their responsibility to, to ensure that there is safeguarding. And they're all just promoting these books without reading them. So I think that's what we're here to talk about. We're not here to talk about the internet. That's for a different day. And we need to but, have that, but that's but that's one of the biggest outlets and sources for you for the the, the, exactly. the age group and the children you're talking about. So, like you could yeah. argue, it is a big part of the conversation. Well, we're here to talk about what is the responsibility for me as a parent. If I put my if I go into the library, my kids go off to the kids section twelve plus. I'm not aware that that I that the kids are are reading this kind of material about fisting and bombing and grinning. And when I when I complained to the library, they said oh no, Penny and Belong to have selected these, we must put them in the children's section because it's part of the LGBTQI plus strategy. Yeah, but to be fair now, I did say the book that you read from and that I read from, that book has now been reclassified though as over 18. Do you no, know what I mean? It's only, no, it hasn't. Only So it has by Children's Books Ireland, but it's still in the 12-year-old section of every library in Ireland and there are 700 copies. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Avant Money. Weekdays at midday on News Talk. Well, we're talking about sex education and what's appropriate and whether some of the um, the books that have been um, recommended to teachers on their recommended reading list, perhaps in, in libraries as well, previously on, on other uh, children's book guides. We're talking about whether they are too sexually explicit or whether or not um, 
it's gone too far in terms of the language or how appropriate is some of the language that's used and we've had a lot of reaction to this. I spoke to Linda, the teacher who got in contact with us initially, um, Amy, now sex educator Sarah Spruill is with us as well on the line. Sarah, you've heard some of the concerns there that were raised. Um, Are they understandable? They are completely understandable, Angie. And I think what where we are in our culture right now is we're coming from the past where information was sort of deemed like we, we had to sort of hide information away from children and keep them um, childlike and innocent. Um, uh, but what's happening now is the research is showing us that children do much better with accurate, open information preferably um, with an adult they know and trust. And I think the difficulty we're having in this conversation is that there are like a good few children growing up in families where the adults do not feel comfortable giving them accurate, open um, information. And so when we put a book into a library um, that is quite detailed, it it can be very shocking. It's, It's sort of a culture clash in a way. So the concerns raised by by parents, um, well, I just spoke to Sarah there a few moments ago. Mm. Sarah's still with us as well. But I mean, you know, her her concerns are well reflected in the text messages. And and maybe I I should bring Mm. some of those to you as well. Like Sasha says, why use childish language with sexually explicit content? Kids don't need to know about the mechanics of anal sex. So who exactly is the target audience for the books? Who exactly is approving uh, these for children's libraries. Uh, another listener, just because kids see porn on smartphones doesn't mean sexually explicit content should be free in all libraries. Geraldine, I'm a mum of teenagers and I'm horrified. Why can't we, why can't schools just teach? Should these even be on, now, they're on recommended though teacher uh, reading lists, but as you says, Sarah pointed out earlier too, I mean, some of the books she says are, are in libraries and they're accessible to kids. But the point for you, um, Sarah, as, mm. as a sex educator, is it important that, that whether it's children or teenagers or whatever age bracket, because people just they lift up the book and read it anyway, no matter what age they are. Is there an appropriateness around the, the language that's used and, and I suppose how explicit language is? This is going to be hard for some people to hear. Right, like in an ideal world, we want to protect our kids and we want to be the first. Like I have kids myself, they're all teenagers now. We want to be the first person in their life who introduces them to the, the sort of the reality of growing up and puberty and what being a sexually active adult looks like. But the reality is they are going to get information from their peers at school. Um, we've already talked about online information and some of them may find things out on books. Now, Information needs to be accessible um, to people of all abilities. And so when the issue comes up about childlike language, talking about sexual experiences, what, what I hear in that is it's a writer who is trying their very best to explain something in a simple way and in a way that a young person, they're not bamboozled by heavy technical medical language like it when when i'm doing rsc in the classroom and i mean my my age group that i teach is 11 and 12 year olds we actually will not just teach um you know accurate anatomical language but we'll write lists of slang because what we're trying to do is bridge the gap between a child's lived experience in their peer group 
and growing up in Teenage Island. And then accurate information. So they can get a sense that this is not taboo stuff, that adults are here to talk and help um, and care for them when they've got questions and concerns. Stay with me, Sarah, if you don't mind. Um, Yana's on the line as well. Yana, you're you're a parent. Does the information need to be accessible? Uh, I'm a parent of two small children. I'm also the founder of the Natural Women's Council. And the information in the library, it not only is unethical, but it's also unlawful under the Children First Act of 2015, the United Convention on the Rights of the Child of 89, and the Charter of Fundamental Rights of the EU under Article 24. So it's not only unethical, it's, it's actually unlawful. And my concern is that these books fixate and fetishize on sex, and they separate sex from the context of a loving relationship. And people who do this, what's mentioned in the book, such as the fisting and the, you know, all, all of those sexual acts, people who choose to do that, they do it as a lifestyle choice at their own peril. It should not be information in front of a young child's eyes. It should not be how we teach age 12 to 17 about sex. Um, my, my but is it about teaching sex. them about sex or is it about ex- explaining you know, in, in the sense of like, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure, and I'm not saying children, but, you know, te- whatever, teenagers, when you're in school, you hear terms used, whether people are, you know, actually engaging in it or not is another thing. But, but you, you hear it, you hear it talked about and mentioned and like, is it, is there, should, should they know what that is? I believe that children probably, uh, we're all were teenagers once and we'll, we all talk and we all uh, learn, learn things at our own. But I do not, I strongly believe that this material is not appropriate. Back to the inappropriate content for the age, this is emotional abuse, as per page 17 of the Children's First Act. It's sexual abuse. It's exploiting children. I don't children. know if it's... it's can, I, can, I quote, can I quote the Children's First Act to tell you well, why I, I don't... Linda, Linda already gave us an, a, a, um, some, of, some of that actually a, a, little, bit, a little bit earlier on, but we ha- I should say too, actually, we have contacted the NCCA, the National Council for Curriculum Assessment, and we've contacted them too to see whether or not we can get a statement. Look, let me bring in Gronya Yana too, if you don't mind, because I just want to get a couple of different voices on this. Gronya, you are a parent as well, is that right? Are you have you concerns? I am a parent. I'm also a grandmother. I don't have concerns. I think the adults need to have a really honest conversation about how we teach our children about sex. We still have this taboo or downright refusal with some people to discuss it or teach their kids and that is so wrong. That's why we have these kind of situations arising. Kids depend on libraries, they depend on their their friends and if they can't get the information, they're going to go online. And we all know what's online and is that something you want your young kids looking at? Yana, do you want to come in there? Yes, absolutely. I've been listening to a lot about online and my kids, thankfully, they're, they're age seven and under. They don't have tablets or screens as yet. But when they are online, I'll absolutely be a very responsible parent with parental controls to do everything I can to stop them from seeing this material. But I will, I would like to read this sentence about grooming, if, if you don't mind. It's part of the, our own legislation here in Ireland. So just be, mind me for a minute. And um, grooming is In the Child First Act on page 10, it says showing sexually explicit material to children 
which is often a feature of the grooming process by perpetrators of abuse. So anyone who walks into the library and looks at any of those 10 or 12 books that we had the pleasure of reading, myself and Linda, over coffee one morning in North County, Dublin, that is sexually explicit material. Children do not need to learn about bummies, handies, handies, fisting, anal beads, anal well, yeah, sex. But, but we no, have said, we, uh, but we have, Yana, we have clarified from the children's books, uh, children, um, children's books, Ireland, I should say, that has now been classified as, as over 18, the book that we've read from. So, but I, know, I do appreciate there's, there's other books. I mean, if parents, some parents texting in now, is it the Sex Education, A Guide to Life is one uh, book that's been mentioned. A listener says, I don't find the language in that book particularly explicit. Like, um, Sarah the Spruill, Sex Educator, you're, you're still with us. How do we find, is there a balance in act that needs to be found then, Sarah, in terms of language that's been used around different categories, whether they're 12 to 14, over 14, over 18, whatever? Like, of course, if I'm in a classroom with 11 and 12 year olds, that will be different to what a sex educator would be talking about to, say, 14 and 15 year olds. And I think it's really interesting in the conversation we're having right now is that the term children is being used when actually in reality we're, we're really talking about sort of young people and, and secondary school students. And so I'm just thinking about informed consent and how as our young people grow older and they are um, starting to be in sort of physical relationships with each other. That doesn't necessarily mean um, having sexual intercourse, but exploring um, each other's body, that they need to have information. So if the person who um, they're interacting with has far more knowledge and wherever they got it from, whether it was explicit online content or whether they have a really detailed like um, educative book at home that their parents gave them. The child who, the young person who doesn't have the information is at um, a a decreased ability to um, negotiate for themselves purely because they don't have the same um, vocabulary and the same understanding. And so they are going to be at risk. And so when we are talking about putting young people at risk, ignorance puts young people at risk. Yana, is that not a fair point? This is not about being against sex education. I am all for sex education, but sex education versus the other types, such as this fetish education, fetish sex and gender ideology is not sex education. I believe in sex education from a biological, factual perspective and from a healthy relationship perspective. My kids will learn about healthy sexual relationships built on love, trust, intimacy, when down the line. They don't need to learn about putting an entire hand in the vagina or anus between age 12 and 17. Sorry, that that's grooming. That's grooming. There's okay. no way around it. There's other, bo- there's other books as well, actually, and there was one of them that I mentioned too, The Sex Education. It's described um, on the cover as an inclusive teenage guide to sex and relationships. Um, according to the School of Sexuality Education, Sex Ed, this book is non-fiction, age 12 to 14, young adult is the description on it. And they, they basically, I mean, I've been looking through just some of the pages of it today and they give um, like it's just, it's 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 um, an explanation, I suppose. They, they they describe what is oral sex. They explain that. They explain what is masturbation, and there's a paragraph then off the back of that. And and I suppose a lot of parents are telling me here in the text on the text line today. This is um, I suppose the not the go-to book, I suppose, but it is. It's what it says in the tin. 
it explains what it is. It explains the terms. Um, some parents say they find that this is more appropriate. And as I said, this is the age 12 to 14. Other people tell me now it's 14 plus. Look, keep your messages coming into us. There's a really mixed response to this today. And I can understand that. Like, I fully appreciate that maybe people don't know where they sit in this conversation or how far is too far with sex education or sexually explicit language in books about sex um, and whether or not that should be available in libraries across the country. So we are going to come back to this, right? Keep your views coming into us. You can call us either if you want to chat, 1800 453 106. But Sarah, Yana and Gronya, listen, thanks a million for sharing your thoughts with us um, on the programme today. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Avant Money. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.